from India's largest newsroom. I'm Arun George, and this is the Times of India podcast. He went in the classroom. He said, "You're all gonna die." He just started shooting people. That's one of the 10-year-olds who survived the mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. 19 children and 2 adults were killed when a gunman stormed their school with assault rifles and indiscriminately fired at them. Police officials later admitted they may have taken too long to storm the classroom in which the 18-year-old gunman had barricaded himself with children. Of course it was not the right decision, it was a wrong decision. Period. Chidanand Rajghatta has been in the US and reporting on the nation for the Times of India since the 1990s. I asked him about his initial reaction to the shooting, one of the many he is now documented since he moved to the US. Not again, you know, simply because it's it is it is such a familiar story. Um I mean mass shootings happen all the time. It's it's like, you know, these accidents in India. people become sort of in, uh, inured to it it doesn't register unless it's in the immediate uh, vicinity or somebody you know is involved is just a statistic and shootings have become like that in the us there are you know shoot mass shootings literally every day and occasionally when something like involving school children you know and that too on this scale um, happens that's when it gets national attention and uh, you know as a parent of school going children obviously uh, you know it um, it it touches me in a very personal way um we are lucky we live in a what is considered a fairly safe school district where gun laws are strict but still you never know the striking thing is i mean every day i walk uh, our kids to school they're all elementary uh, primary and elementary and a couple of middle school uh, kids Uh, and we didn't discuss it with each other in front of kids we waited till we dropped them and on the way back we talked about it but uh, yeah i mean there's this sense of shock um, disgust uh, anger resignation uh, because it has gone on for so long columbine was almost uh, what 22 23 years ago sandy hook um, parkland it's just uh an ending and i have actually seen uh, a change in in the us from the time i came here here in the 90s when we drop off at the start of the school year in fact i have a photograph the first day of school uh opening day of school and unwittingly i mean i didn't mean to but in the background there is a cop car and you know two burly policemen i mean which country has you know police uh in schools opening of schools and you see them quite often now i also spoke with rituparna chatterjee who's been the foreign correspondent for the economic times in the us and is also an author like chidanand rituparna says the incident left her horrified and numb rituparna says she anyway stays away from breaking news and enforces it when there's a school shooting she says her child's school in california quickly responded with a lot of material for parents on how to address the latest shooting as far as the school is concerned it's a, it's an alternative school so it focuses more on uh, 
protecting children's sensitivity and the emotional and psychological well-being. So it's already a highly cocooned environment. I don't know of a more cocooned environment. And we work very closely with the kids. So um, even in a sensitive school like that, uh, where they're so protected, we have shooter drills where we know. And, you know, it's, it's, it's still very scary. And my inbox is filled with pool emails in which they're only focused. There's just one keyword that comes, which is communication. Because some older kid, uh, some kid will have a sibling who's maybe in middle school or high school who gets it pretty much like you would. Um, and then says something that a fourth grader might overhear or a kindergartner might overhear and God knows what they've made up. And that is what we want to avoid. Let the communication be clear for that age. There is no need to go over and beyond to scare anybody. And so some parents have come up with a few PowerPoint presentations with, you know, cartoons and graphics. And so you can see we're very hands-on. Everybody has full-time jobs, but uh, it's a very dedicated setup. And uh, just the whole focus is communication. Nobody's denying it happened or it did not happen. Ritupan, you spoke about how your inbox is full of mails. Could you elaborate on what are these cartoons and other material that is being shared? It's very private. It's, um, it's in my inbox. You know, it's not something out there. But it's basically little sketches and diagrams and somebody will elaborate and say, you know how street plays are? Kind of like that, very basic. And then someone will tell a story. And there is a little bit I've written about as well, about a toddler. That when the kid asks, but why would a bad guy want to shoot kids? Because you just have to say that there's a bad guy because there are villains in all the movies and stories. So Oh, so then every kid will ask, but why does a bad guy want to kill kids? And it's uh, want to shoot kids. They try to avoid the word kill here. And it's it's really heartbreaking and it's very hard to not tear up because they're, you know, like six and nine and all chubby-cheeked and, you know, wide-eyed. And it, it makes it exceptionally painful. It just breaks your heart when it's that young. And um, then uh, the analogy we as parents have always given is that uh, well, you know what happens when a toddler has a tantrum because almost all of them have toddler siblings or they see them on campus or, you know, access to younger kids everywhere. So they're like, yeah, so um, can you explain anything to a toddler when they're in the middle of a meltdown? So they're like, no. And then they, then we're like, can we explain anything to you when you're throwing a tantrum? Most of them would say no or they'll be quiet. So then we say that this is why we cannot explain it to a bad guy. And I think that childlike logic very much kneels it because the people who go out shooting are never in the, the appropriate mental health. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Rituparna and Chidanand about the recent shooting in Texas, its effects, and why the richest country in the world just can't seem to find a solution. One effect of these shootings is that schools in the nation have mock shooter drills. A mock shooter drill is where the school pretends like there's a person with a gun on the school premises and the children are all at risk. An ABC report had chronicled what this looks like in schools. Ritu Parna, who's written a column for TY Plus about the experience, studied in India. She had never seen one of these drills until her child had to participate in one right after he joined school. This was in 2017 when my son started kindergarten. In preschool, at least we didn't go. Because of the pandemic, we missed it. Just imagine the pandemic saved us from shooter, like <laughs> seriously. So, um, but apart from that, I've been in it every year, 2017 onwards. Yeah. 
when there is this fear of a shooting in a school especially does this influence how the school is built and like do you have sort of facilities that cater to a situation where there may be a shooter a lot of the school doors are bullet resistant or bullet proof the police in shooter drills the police and the you know the teacher and each classroom work really close together and at least in our school um the classrooms tend to be very small 19 to 21 kids and um so it's very you know everyone knows everybody so when the shooter drills happen there's usually a plan per year and it keeps changing can you describe what it's like to go through one from sort of start to finish in a fire drill um what will often happen is um there is an escape route plan so you will very calmly go so the kids know they don't have to run otherwise there will be a stampede in an earthquake drill uh, all of us you know in offices and everything you go under uh, a table or, or something heavy and you kind of crouching there and with kids being tinier Uh, you know there's more options than for us or for high schoolers and when it comes to a shooter drill you're kind of combining both in a very very scary i don't know apocalypse situation so it's always done with the police and the police will uh, bang really really badly on the thick bulletproof door it's enough to make us scared we know, we know everything the teacher will discuss possibilities with us like you know if i get shot then you 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 do this if they get shot you 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 do this so how is it any different from some police force going for the security of the prime minister of india they'll probably be discussing the same thing there's five six of you agar mere ko goli lagi to aap you know or you go first so it it's that disgusting and it i'm getting i'm trying not to cry and you know to get it to get goosebumps because these teachers are so committed and here the kids will again there will be a path and each class will have something different so uh they will run down the street the opposite of a fire drill and a fire drill you're trying to be calm so there's no stampede here you will run and they will like flay their hands like you would i guess to appear big you know if you encounter a wild animal in a forest that's where the similarity is because then you'll be screaming and yelling for help on the street so the shopkeepers can see you and people can see you because it's not a very congested most of america is not congested it's very isolated but then cars can stop by they can just pick people up like whoever gets saved maybe maybe five kids will get saved but pretty much get them out of there can you imagine how how scary even the thought of it is that is one and the second is you hide under furniture and there are certain hiding spots especially kindergarten and all those classrooms are very creative sometimes they'll have a bathroom and so so many people go here and so when it happens of course kids want to talk so we'll pass around lollipops and it's it's scary even for us because the way the police bang they are really not uh, toning it down much because that's the whole point and so there'll be random kids sobbing in your lap and then you're comforting them i've taught my kid Uh, a lot of breathing techniques and meditation since he was 3 years old so he's actually really good on his own um which to me is the biggest success i could have as a parent and i think that is both heartening and uh, sad that we have a society in which we have to create this in the world's most developed country if a shooter has entered you the children sometimes aged as young as 5 and 6 in kindergarten my son was 4 and a half he was the youngest are encouraged to throw furniture at the shooter so they are being encouraged to be violent do you see how how messed up this is we are training our kids to be uh, I, i mean really we're training them into violence what nobody's getting up no
it's very scary um and i think the kindergarten one was the worst because unfortunately we're used to it like you'll talk to anybody from a war zone they're just used to they they're just used to that you become numb and that's part of the ptsd and there was once in 2018 when he was in first grade when we had a shooter out we were just told by the police and the school just 15 minutes not even 15 minutes i think like yeah less than that before school open hey there's a shooter out it's up to you if you want to come to school or not it comes to that and we used to walk to school and i had to ask my son at 6 years old because if you're walking to school we are the most vulnerable right do we go to school or not can you imagine at age 6 the level of responsibility i could have easily said no let's stay home but i'm not preparing him for anything he's been through shooter drills he knows it and then within second he said well we all have to die one day anyway let's go so i really had to respect that decision because that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to raise a fearless kid who's independent and who can emotionally self soothe because frankly that's all you can do but he took the decision and when i dropped him and i came back i was shaking because i had to do that you know as a parent to have these strange decisions so that he would be empowered then the police said oh no it was a false alarm they had mistaken it for another town so i started shaking and i started crying and i was alone i would never break down in front of him that's what's happening to all the parents because you see the kids don't realize uh what's going on so they are numb they they're still processing the world so everything is um new and they don't know what's normal and what's not but the parents know there were some people in uh my son's class who moved back to taiwan who moved back to turkey too much gun violence is not worth it could you explain how kids react to these drills in general how you like you said you sat through so many of them what are they like through these drills they do get very shaken they, you know they have bulletproof backpacks for uh, high schoolers um what does that do there are ads for uh, very very normal ads you know like you would get ads for i don't know potato chips uh, for bulletproof vests that look really really stylish it goes with our high schoolers because they have no school uniform then just because it's normal my whole point is that people are actually considering that might go well with his favorite color and I, and i'm just thinking how bizarre this is we are shopping for bulletproof vests it's really really apocalyptic um i think they're getting very normalized but rituparna says that while children seem to be normal during the shooter drills she wouldn't be surprised if that's having an effect on them that will be visible in the future so i think it's the same with kids you'd never know when there will be a trigger when they grow up because right now it all appears normal um and shooter drills in themselves are extremely uh, traumatic however they don't know what is normal and what isn't and in some way it protects him he has not been with me during a single shooter drill and he was very calm in a in a corner and the kids who prayed prayed Uh, but many were very scared and did not know what to do and um i did teach kindergartners meditation for a while but again there's only so much you can do right outside mm-hmm. i think that helps because the ptsd is bound to happen um also the world that they'll be in will be very different so i don't know i don't know how and when it will manifest but i would be shocked if there's no ptsd from this The last such shootout involving young children was a decade ago in the Sandy Hook school in Connecticut. 20 children and 6 adults were killed in that incident. 
Within hours of the Uvalde shooting, questions were being asked of US elected representatives who've been accused of receiving funds from pro-gun groups. Among them was US senator from Texas Ted Cruz, one of the biggest recipients. One interview of Ted Cruz went viral when he walked away after a reporter asked him why such shootings took place only in the US. Why does this only happen in your country? I really think that's what many people around the world just they cannot fathom. Why only in America? Why is this American exceptionalism so awful? In the same week as the shooting, the US National Rifle Association went ahead with its event in Texas, just a few hundred miles from the site of the Uvalde school. As protests over the event grew, the Texas governor dropped out, as did the maker of a rifle that the shooter used. But Ted Cruz was there and had a solution to school shootings. We must not react to evil and tragedy by abandoning the constitution or infringing on the rights of our law-abiding citizens. Former US President Donald Trump, who in the past has advocated giving guns to trained teachers, was also there. As part of a comprehensive school safety plan, it's time to finally allow highly trained teachers to safely and discreetly concealed carry. Let them concealed carry. Chidanand Rajgatta, who you heard earlier, says that while he hasn't spoken about the Uvalde shooting with his children yet, he does plan to. He says he definitely plans to talk to them about the dangers of guns. He now explains why guns hold such a place of pride in the US. And it comes from, uh, you know, a historical uh, legacy where the founding fathers, you know, romanticized uh, weapons. So if you know the background, the Second Amendment of the US Constitution confers on Americans the right to bear arms. Um, but it is actually a very conditional amendment. I mean, it, this was written in 1791 by <laughs> white slave-owning brigands, actually, in an age of muskets, you know, and these old-style uh, guns. It simply should not apply to contemporary society where you, you know, uh, have assault weapons which can discharge 100 rounds in a minute. And the ostensible reason that... Um, all the Second Amendment lovers insist on retaining the, the, the argument they make is that if we allow regulations which will outlaw, let's say, X weapon or Y weapon, then it's a slippery slope, then you'll ban all weapons, which I think is a fairly ridiculous argument. I wrote about this yesterday in the Times of India in, in an op-ed called Gunho America, that this love of uh, Second Amendment and guns Basically, is uh, you know a self-protection uh, mode. This is a Middle American white, you know, fast dwindling population which fears that they'll be overrun by uh, a country which is becoming increasingly diverse and mixed. Invite had done this podcast where they spoke of how Sandy Hook victims' parents are still dealing with denial and conspiracy theories. How has this incident played out so far? Same thing. I think it's uh, it's literally a repeat. You know, there is a denial on part of many, uh, you know, Republicans. I mean, let's put it bluntly. It's, it's, this is a Republican. Guns are a Republican fetish. Guns signal 
independence, freedom. In fact, some of the senators have actually said the reason it's not just guns, it's the concept of freedom, that Americans should be free to fight a tyrannical government. And it's very interesting, the, the wordings of the Second Amendment, it, it's actually conditional. It says, uh, I believe one of the expressions it has is a well-regulated militia. So implicit in that is it has to be regulated. There are several assumptions in that amendment that, you know, your right to bear arms is incumbent on you facing a tyrannical government. <laughs> it doesn't give you the right to, you know, uh, bear uh, AK-47s or AR-15s to shoot up a supermarket. I mean, the the, the week before was the Buffalo uh, shooting supermarket. And there, there, that guy was a self-confessed white supremacist who went and shot black people because... In his mind, you know, there's a great replacement going on and immigrants and blacks and all these people are taking over America. Do you think there's some kind of like a tipping point? Everyone keeps pointing to um, the other nations that kind of went ahead and did radical gun reform in Mm -hmm. light of a particular incident. Uh, Do you feel like this could be that incident? No. No, not a chance. There'll be another one next week. Take it from him. In fact, there are copycat ones happening as we speak in the sense that they arrested, you know, some kid in Texas who was also planning. And these guys are just posting it on social media. Look, the problem is guts, right? They're evil people everywhere. But when you give them such easy access to guns, literally, you know, much of it unregulated or easy regulations for a kid who's 18 to walk into a store and legally buy two guns. I mean, that's staggering, right? And that too with all the red flags. The solution for many Republicans is arm more people. In fact, some of them want teachers to be armed. Really? Are you kidding? How dumb can you be? And Or more security, that's the other thing. Put more armed people. But we know that there was, a, there was armed security in many of these schools and many of these Malls, there is armed security. There is there are patrols. Like I said, when I go to drop kids to school, I see um, patrol car, and that doesn't help. They might, you know, stop one or two, but you can't stop everyone. They'll get around it. Um, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. The, you know, damn the Second Amendment. You know, kill the Second Amendment. It's ridiculous. Rewrite it. Make it conditional. In no way or form can a society be awash with assault weapons so easily available. This is actually state-sanctioned or legislation-sanctioned murder of children. Actually, I saw a headline of an op-ed which actually said America, America's child sacrifice. This country is allowing, sanctioning the mass murder of its children. And it is absurd. It, it is sick. There's no other country where killings happen on this scale. How how insane it is that after this school shooting, uh, four hours down the road, about 200 miles away in Houston, the National Rifle Association, which many people want declared a terrorist organization, is holding a convention um, which will be attended by 70,000 people. And they call it a, a family event for gun lovers. And, you know, kids below 18 are welcome to attend. And there'll be about, what, over 10 or 15 acres of 
weaponry on display. It is just crazy. I don't know when it'll stop, but I, I don't see an end to it. If, if Sandy Hook, you know, and if Columbine and Sandy Hook and Parkland and all things didn't move, uh, all those shootings didn't move the ball, you know, fat chance, this will. And particularly since, uh, let, let's be very blunt, this was, hey, 19 mostly, I think all of them were Hispanic kids and the buffalo shooting with 10 black guys. Chidanan says there are various ways to bring down the number of shootings in the U.S., and laws can be passed if the U.S. Senate will clear them. However, he doesn't see that happening quickly enough. What they can do, which is a reasonable compromise, is to institute safeguards. The legislation has already been, which has already been passed by the House of Representatives, background checks, various safeguards, red flags, making buying of gun harder, banning. Assault weapons. It just beats me that you can actually get military grade, grade weapons of such uh, you know high caliber. And then of course there's the whole issue of you know mental health, uh, you know kids, the whole education system, uh, social media. So yeah, there's 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 a lot to unpack uh, from this incident, uh, but I don't see it happening quickly enough, and certainly not before the next shooting. And uh, sad to say, but there will be a next shooting. Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunai Marathe and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at tuipodcast at timesinternet.in.